Whatever the need is, that's what God supplies. Now, notice I didn't say whatever the want is, but whatever the need is. Any parent understands the difficulty sometimes of trying to explain the difference between I need this and I want this. And as parents, we can get frustrated, a little exasperated with that. Imagine how God feels. As we sometimes pray for our wants as if they are needs. Or maybe worse, we presume that we know better than God what our real needs are. And as we just sang, it is whatever it is, he will be that for us. And as we look in scripture, we see over and over and over how God just fulfills. Sometimes in the moment, we think he missed it. At least I do. And if you're honest, so do you. You just don't want to admit it sometimes. But he never does. But I can turn around and look and go, oh, now I see. What I keep praying for is, Lord, help me to see it in the moment so that I don't waste time being upset about what you didn't do that I thought you should. How you didn't do it in the time I thought you should. There's an old phrase that says, our God is an on-time God. But have you ever noticed that it's his time? Not always our time. The problem is we need to make it our time, that his time and our time becomes the same. And we've been looking at this thing of time all year, that it's time. And this morning we're going to take a look for two weeks now, this Sunday and next Sunday on, that it's time to live generously. Now don't panic, it's not really what you think of immediately. But rather that it's time to live generously. Giving is a part of that, but what I'm talking about is our whole life to be one who lives generously in all that we are and all that we do. If you have your Bibles or your Bibles on your devices, I invite you to turn with me. In the New Testament, that's the back half of the book, 2 Corinthians, that's right after 1 Corinthians, to chapter 9. And we're going to take a look at verses 6 through, I think it's 15. But I, I want to explain a couple of words to you before we read them so that as we read this, you can hear it in those words. The word generosity or generous, depending on your translation, when it is in there, every time it's in there, you can hear these words. You can hear flowing or expansive. In a little word study of that, that's what the original meant, that it is something that is flowing, it is something that is expansive, it is something that expands and can keep growing. Generous and generosity. Another word that is in many of the translations is the word bountifully. We don't use that word a whole lot. I kind of like the word. I, I think I'm going to start trying to introduce it into my vocabulary a little more. And get funny looks at the stores. 
we only seem to talk about it at Thanksgiving. Or the farmers talk about it after a good harvest, that it was a bountiful harvest. But what is being described here is with blessing. That when you see that word bountifully, it means with blessing. That we're receiving something with blessing. We're to give something with blessing. That changes the mindset. If I'm thinking of flowing and expansive and expanding, and if I think of with blessing, receiving as well as giving. So follow along with me. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. That was one other word I needed to explain, so let me call time out. That word cheerful is more literally translated hilarious. That he loves a hilarious giver. Someone who is so excited that the cheer and the joy is almost as if they are laughing as they are doing it because it is so fun. As they live and give generously. One time on vacation, Jody and I visited a church who had obviously studied this. And when, when they announced it was time for the offering, the congregation stood up and applauded. We were the only ones sitting down. And it's like, what in the world is going on? But I loved it. Now, not because it was a ritual, but because they had built that into their DNA. God loves a cheerful giver. Don't just think money. Think lifestyle here. Verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It's time to live generously. Flowing in generosity. Expanding in generosity, giving of ourselves and what we have and our time and all kinds of things we'll get to in a moment, but giving with blessing. 
as we give. Giving to bless and we become blessed as well. Well, the acronym we're using this morning is the word pray. You'll notice uh, kind of the points, if you want to call them points, the stopping points, the, the emphasis starts the word prayer. The first emphasis is that we need to prepare to be generous. To prepare to be generous. Look at verses 6 and 7. Now, uh, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided. That's preparation. We're to be ready to give, we're to be ready to pray, we're to be ready to witness and testify, but we also need to prepare to give. Prepare to pray. Prepare to testify. The preparation is important because without the preparation, the action is not likely to follow. When I coached sports, I loved practice. The athletes loved the games. Now, the games were like the cherry on top. They were the icing on the cake. But the real work was the practice. And that's why I loved it, because that's where we got better. We didn't get better in the games. We got better in practice. And the same thing is true as we follow Christ. It is in our daily practice. It is in our quiet times. It is in our one-on-one -on -one times. It is in our study. It is in our looking in the word. It is in the sharing with one another in small groups. Because generosity does not happen accidentally. I have never seen an accidental generous person. Somebody who just went, whoops. I didn't mean to be generous. Now, some of you might have fallen in the category. I have a couple times where you've been somewhere and there was a, a call, especially like for an offering. And... Uh, well, Lord, I wasn't planning on this, didn't know they were asking for this, so whatever's in my pocket, I'll give. And you reach in and go, oh, man. There was money in there you didn't remember was in there. How much better to prepare? The great theologian Bobby Knight once said, you can, go, you can Google him later, the will to succeed is important, but not as important as the will to prepare, as the will to practice, as the will to get ready. It is important that we want to, but we're not likely to fulfill the want to unless we prepare to. You realize that's true when you show up on Sundays for worship? If you want worship to be better, prepare. Get your hearts ready ahead of time. Because if you're waiting for all of us that are up front to get your hearts ready, worship's going to stink for you. Because we can't do it. But if you come in prepared, so I can't wait to watch the youth when they get back from NYC. Wow. They're going to be prepared. So you better start preparing ahead of time so you can keep up with them. We need to prepare to be generous. 
And along with our preparation is this understanding. The greatest teaching is from example. The greatest teaching is from example. If we don't live what we say, no one will listen to what we say. If our walk doesn't match our talk, people will ignore our talk. The same is true on being generous. That we need to prepare. And the greatest example in training others to be generous with their lifestyle is them watching us. I am blessed in so many ways in the family I grew up in. But one of those was I had the awesome example of watching generous parents. Generosity all over the place. Never announced. Never bragged about, but I got to watch it. So as I grew, I just assumed generosity was supposed to be part of our life and especially supposed to be part of a life in following Christ. Let me ask you, what is your example teaching about generosity? Those who are watching you, those in your family, those in your neighborhood, those where you work, those in your circle of friends, are they seeing generosity or something else? Prepare to be generous. Secondly, receive generosity. This is something that you need to learn, how to receive generosity. <laughs> When you look through scriptures, verses 8 through 12, says, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And it goes on and on about what God supplies and how he provides. You have to learn how to receive that. Because if you can't receive it, you're not about to give it. person who isn't gracious has not learned how to receive grace. A person who is not forgiving has not learned how to receive forgiveness. A person who is not giving hasn't learned how to receive gifts. It's time for us to live generously, which means for some of you, you need to learn how to receive all that God has provided. You need to learn how to receive blessings from others as well. You need to receive the generosity first from the Lord. You go, well, what's he done? <laughs> I, I, hopefully you didn't just think that, but I've been asked that before. Well, first of all, he's given you grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. It's called amazing grace. God's given salvation, forgiveness of sin. He's given forgiveness, and it is on and on and on. He's given mercy. He gives supplies for our needs. He even gives joy when we're in relationship with him. And so much more. But we need to learn how to receive that. So many times we have trouble believing God has forgiven us because we can't forgive ourselves. Or somebody else who's key in our life hasn't forgiven us, so we think God hasn't either. We need to learn how to receive it 
from God, first of all, and above all. But we also need to learn how to receive it from others. Now, I'm going to guess that many of you say, I'm not comfortable when somebody does something for me. I'd rather do something for someone else. And that's great. But have you ever thought about the fact that you're giving something to somebody who has trouble receiving something? And you like doing that. If they can't receive it well, you're not going to like it very well either. And you see, if I can't receive it from you, I am taking a joy from you. If you can't receive it from me, you're robbing me of a joy that God wants me to do and to give. <laughs> I've said to several people many times, thank you is an appropriate response. Thank you. I struggle with that. People thanking me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's deflect that. But we need to learn how to receive. If we haven't learned how to receive forgiveness, we're not going to give it. If we haven't learned how to receive joy, we're not going to be joyful. If we haven't learned how to receive healing, we're not going to heal any of our relationships. We must learn to receive with grace and with thanksgiving. And as I've already said, otherwise you might rob the joy of the person who desires to give to you. Prepare to be generous. Receive generosity just like the scripture has said. You read Paul's writings as here in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and others, where you just see as he was giving and people were giving to him, and he talked about that fact and thanked people for it, even if he didn't need it. But then he just passed it on. Dwight Moody, one of the greatest evangelists the United States has ever seen, talked about the fact of receiving somebody walking by and handing him some money, thanking him for his ministry, and the next person he saw in need, he simply gave what he had been given away. And he did it another time and another time. And he said this was all in one morning, and then he received it again, and he thought, you know, I think I should keep this one. He said that was the last time anybody gave me anything for a long time. We've not been given so we can be greedy. We've been given so we can be givers. Generous, hilarious givers. Of all that God has given to us, that includes thanksgiving. That includes grace. To give that and to be generous with that to other people. Prepare to be generous. Receive generosity and then we need to act generous. We need to act on it. There needs to be some action behind it. Verses 6 and 7, it says the point is, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. If you haven't, you don't need much. I think sometimes we're, we're begging God to give us blessings. And he wants to, if we could hear him, he would say, for what? What are you doing with what I've already given you? in a blessing, in grace, in forgiveness, in stuff. 
We should be a channel. We should never as a church body be a reservoir. We should always be a channel for God's blessing and his grace and his resources to flow through. Sir Moses Montefiore said, we are worth only what we are willing to share with others. Our greatest worth is not in the numbers in our accounts at the bank. It is not in the stuff we store up or the accolades we have received. He is saying our worth is in what we are willing to share with others. Our time, our talents, as well as our resources. And Robert Morris said, people who have trouble with giving have trouble forgiving. That one I chewed on a lot. Came across that quote a number of weeks ago in preparation for this. I started processing that and watching. And I started looking. I, I don't think I've ever seen a person who struggles to forgive who was generous. With their time or other things. You see, if we are going to act generously, we need to be a giver, not just one who gives. There's a difference. Just like we need to be a praying church, not just a church who prays. In other words, it needs to be a part of who we are. We should be givers. It's just what we do. I'm not talking about, you know, giving something to every person who has a request. I mean, if you're going to do that, you're going to buy some stuff in Nigeria you don't need. But I'm talking about simply being one who is open to giving because of all we've received. See, we're to be generous with our prayers. Generous with our prayers. I hope you're going to be really generous over the next 10 or so days while our kids prepare and then go and come back from NYC. We need to be generous with our praise and giving praise, not flattery, praise. We need to be generous with grace. Generous with our time. We need to become more generous with our listening. That's part of time also. To be willing to listen. Now, <laughs> my guess is, when I said that, some of you thought of someone in your circle who talks a lot. Let's please excuse me from that list. But the someone, if you ask them something as... One of my leaders at one time said, he was describing someone and said, if you ask him what time it is, he'll tell you how to build a watch. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about really listening to people, the needs that are there. Part of listening is observing. We need to be generous with our listening. We need to be generous with our serving. 
not just in duty and doing things so we can check it off the list, but literally generous in serving and in serving others. I loved the other day as Jody and I uh, went into a, an eating establishment. There was a mom with two young girls who had gone in ahead of us, and the girls held the door open, and they did it for a couple of people. And we were saying, thank you. And the mom's going, come on, come on. And they saw more people, and they had the biggest smile on their face <laughs> because everybody that went by thanked them. I thought, there we go. There's the example being generous with serving. Oh, they didn't do it for the right reason. I don't know if they did or didn't do it for the right reason, but they did the right thing. And I think eventually they'll do it for the right reason if they weren't at that time. Generous with our serving. Generous with our patience. Ooh, man, that one's hard. It's hard enough to be patient, let alone be generous with patience. I mean, I'd be a lot more patient if some people weren't, well, you, you can fill in the blank. Huh. Yeah, I had to include that one. I didn't have it on my original list, and I got nudged by the Holy Spirit. That's not always fun, by the way. Be generous with your resources, your stuff. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but the hearse isn't big enough for you to take it with you. We had a guy come to the very first church where I served on staff, uh, did music, and he, he had found, gotten a deal on an old hearse. Instead of buying a van, he, he had an old hearse. He said, man, this thing will store a whole bunch, and you can buy them cheap when the funeral home gets done with them. So he drove up to the church in a hearse to present a musical program. What was worse? He was towing a U-Haul. The best news is one time when he was traveling in North Carolina, uh, a news photographer saw it, took a picture, and it was on the front page, I think it was in Charlotte or somewhere around there, and with the caption that says, who says you can't take it with you? <sighs> well, you can't. What you can take is the blessings. What you can take is the joy. What you can take is other people who you've impacted for Christ. Be generous with your resources. Generous with your witness. Generous with your kindness. And so much more. We need to act generous. Because this is part of our obedience in following Christ. Being generous. As Paul wrote here in Corinthians is part of our obedience because God loves a cheerful, joyful, hilarious giver, giver of all things. And last, we not only need to prepare, we not only need um, to make sure that we know how to receive blessings and resources and generosity. We need to act generous. We also need to yield to the opportunities to be generous. In other words, we need to look and listen. Verses 8 through 11, as he's saying all that God does in verse 8 about God's uh, grace that abounds, and it's all sufficient in all times for all things in every good work. In verse 10, he supplies the need to the sower and bread for the food will supply and multiply. 
Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving. To yield to the opportunities to be generous, you need to be looking for them and listening for them because what you are looking for, you are likely to find. If you're looking for something to be wrong, I guarantee you will find it in abundance. But if you're looking for something and a chance to serve, a chance to give, a chance to bless. If you're looking for the good, you're going to find a whole lot more of it than the world is telling you is available. What you are looking for, you are likely to find. One of the neatest things I've seen recently in this example, and you're going to notice it, we've talked before about you get a different car and you suddenly notice there's a whole bunch of those cars in the community. They all got it the same week you did. They weren't there before. Why? You weren't looking for it. You weren't noticing. There were some wives who pranked their husbands at an eighth grade graduation event. They got together and they all planned to buy their husbands the exact same shirt of the exact same color, knowing that in most cases that he simply put on what she said to put on. For two reasons, easier and they don't know what they're doing fashion-wise. Not true for all men, but for many of us, we're fashion-challenged. One of the negatives about streaming services online is my kids and grandkids get to go in and say, Grandpa, you shouldn't have worn that together. But these moms did this, and in one school, there were 50 ladies who were able to get their husbands to wear the exact same shirt, and as they walked in, here's all these guys going... you're looking for you're going to find we need to be looking for the opportunities to be generous to others we need to remember the example of christ he was and is a generous god generous in his love generous in his grace generous to overflowing in his forgiveness generous with salvation generous with mercy we're to follow his example. And I close with this. Do others think you are generous? If they filled out an anonymous survey, would that be what they marked? And if it wouldn't be what they mark, what needs to change so that you could be generous? Is it the preparation you need to work on? Is it learning how to receive generosity? Is it acting it out, doing it? Or is it looking for the opportunities? What's one thing you could change this week to become more generous? You could change somebody's life. I'm not talking about, most of us don't have what, what could be done to you know, buy somebody's house or send the kid to college or whatever. I'm talking about little steps of generosity. As Mother Teresa said, small things done with great love will change the world. What's one thing you could change this week to become more generous with all that God has provided for you? Jesus, thank you for your generosity to us. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
The list I gave is long, but nowhere near as long as it needs to be to describe your generosity. Lord, help us to see that, to, to notice that, and help us to receive it. it. We're not worthy, we know that, but Lord, you give anyway. Help us to do the same. Not to be unwise, but to follow what you ask us to do. Lord, help us to be generous with who we are, who you've made us to be, and what you've provided us with. May we change something this week to become more generous, to impact someone for Jesus Christ. I pray and plead these things for myself and for others as well. In Jesus' name, amen.